Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. War Eagle Auburn fans, welcome to Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis and discussion. My name is Kyle Loomis, editor-in-chief of the E2C Network, and we're back to talk about another Auburn men's basketball victory over the Alabama Crimson Tide. Yes, you heard me right. The Auburn Tigers take down the Crimson Tide for the second time this season, sweeping them completely throughout the regular season. Oh, how sweet it is. We're going to talk about all of the news, the events, the action from this game. Celebrate it just a little bit. To do that, I brought in my friend, co-host, and owner-operator of the Auburn Uniform Database, Mr. Clint Richardson. Let's do it, buddy. Let's celebrate. How sweet it is. Rammer <laughs> jammer. Oh, that is that is that how that it's going to go? Really? There we go. I don't... I... <laughs> Sing it, Clint. Ah, I like it. I like it. One more time. All right, that's enough of that. I just had to get that in there tonight because it's <laughs> always good to beat Alabama. Uh... Was that your surprise that you had waiting on me? That was. It, you know, it's it, it's a little awkward when the phone starts buffering right when you push play, and it's like, come on, I had that lined up perfectly. <laughs> this oh, is well. why we need a soundboard. Yeah, you know, those are the things that we can afford one day, hopefully. But anyway, I... I Sponsorship for you. Uh, you know, I, you know we'll, we'll get into more of that later on, but I, <laughs> I am so stoked right now about this game because... It was a very frustrating game at the beginning of it. I think we all kind of saw the typical storyline of Auburn playing away, turnovers, not shooting well, lack of momentum kind of coming in, and you could already hear the the boo birds coming out, so to speak. But then all of a sudden, that game just takes a turn, and wow, just to watch the the joy and the the happiness of the Alabama fans just seep out of them ever so slowly was the best thing (laughs) Ever, Clint. I'm so happy right now. The biggest shame of this entire game was that it was at 9 o'clock Eastern time. It was a very, very late game for you and I both. And I think the game ended at like 11, 11.30 for us. And that's just too late for us at times. And man, I would have loved to have been able to just give you my raw emotions right off of the end of that game. That would have been the best the best way to do this. But day after, it's it's still super sweet. It feels it is, great. It is so sweet to talk about just taking down your rival uh, two times in the regular season. And who knows, we might see them uh, in the SEC tournament, depending on how things shake out. But, you know, we know how well that turned out last year. We won't go into that. We're going to talk about the happy things tonight. 
Auburn does beat Alabama by the score of 66 to 60 in Coleman Coliseum, that ugly hanger of a building. The Tigers are now at 21 and 9 on the year. Yes, you heard me right. 21 and 9, 10 and 7 in SEC play. So here's the thing, Clint. You know, there's been a lot of speculation about disappointment and whether this is an underperformance for the Tiger, but 21 wins. We talked about just 20 wins last time, but we just keep adding to it now. The more this record grows this year, I love this. I mean, the consistency of getting to 20-plus wins every single season, I can get used to this. Well, and also 10 wins once again in conference play. Um, those those are really big numbers to hit double digits in SEC play, especially with how tough the league has been this year, and 20-plus overall. I mean, <laughs> I feel like we talk about it a lot. It's nice to be able to complain about one or two losses. It's nice to be able to complain about things not being perfect for Auburn basketball because they, we, we didn't even get to celebrate many wins just a few years ago. So to just the night and day difference from then to now is spectacular. And, you know, it's very cliche, but enjoy the time that we've got with this team with this coaching staff and just, I mean, this program, we it, it's it's cyclical and it's all throughout sports. It's going to be top and then bottom, and it happens, you know. So I'm really enjoying it as we're on the top right now. Yeah, it is very enjoyable, especially in the case of basketball. I mean, and, and to add on top of that, just to give a shout out to the women's team, they're doing great this year as well, getting 20 wins themselves. So just you like, and to they s- also face Alabama. What it will be tomorrow, the Thursday the seventh, as Alabama won their first round of the SEC tournament. So, well, you know, it's just uh, things happen for a reason. There's, uh, you know, the men sent the, the other men packing. It's time for our ladies to send their ladies packing in the SEC tournament. We'll see how it shakes out. They fared pretty well against them in the regular season too. Back to this okay. game though, and let's talk about the significance of this. Obviously, we're talking about a sweep of Alabama. But let's go beyond that, Clint. Let's talk about a sweep not just 2-0 against Alabama in the regular season, but of Georgia 2-0, making 4-0 against your rivals. The first time since 1967 that Auburn has gone 2-0 against both Georgia and Alabama, your two biggest rivals. That's a We talk about it all the time. Records keep falling under Bruce Pearl. I mean, who... Who would have even thought that was the case coming into last night? If you had asked me, I wouldn't have even believed you. And I've done research into earlier eras of Auburn basketball. Um, that's such a huge number. And like the last time Auburn even went 4-0 and against those two teams combined was 1999. But that was a 3-0 and series victory over Alabama and only facing Georgia once. So, you know, maybe it's just because the matchups didn't happen in the past and they are now, but that's that's just to me that's crazy to think about that it's been decades. <laughs> I mean, it's been 52 years since Auburn was able to be the top 2 rivals twice in a season. I know, it's just one of those things that you don't really think about happening because it always depends on how the schedule lays out. We should play Alabama twice every year. <laughs> 
Usually that happens, I believe. But Georgia, you know, it's kind of hit or miss whether we play them twice in a year. So that opportunity is not always there each year. But the fact that when it's here, the Tigers seized it this year and took care of business. You know, if I may take a little bit of a a page out of the football podcast we do here, one of the things they tackle all the time is the discussion of Gus Malzahn struggling to beat our big rivals. There can be no case in basketball for having trouble beating our rivals. So if you've got a problem with Bruce Pearl and his coaching staff, it better not be about beating the rivals because they have (laughs) clearly, clearly taken control of that, and I couldn't be happier about it. Yeah, and you look at what Coach Pearl has been able to do. Yeah, it's it's great record-wise. It's great talent-wise. Auburn's built an amazing home court advantage with the jungle and inside the Auburn arena. But you also look that he's got a really good record against Alabama and Georgia. Um, and honestly, when you see it like last night, the reaction out of all the Bama fans of fire Avery, it's time to unbuckle this team has no heart they hate bruce alabama fans hated losing to gus malzahn and gene chizik and they hated tommy tuberville they hated pat die that's a sign of a successful program when your bitter rival hates your coach you don't just hate a coach to hate him there's always a reason and typically in sports it's because you can't beat them if i may uh quote pop culture they hate us because they ain't us that's all i'm saying (laughs) i'll i'll move on before i make any more bad (laughs) puns tonight uh but let's talk about this aspect of it you know the game didn't begin very well for auburn but as i said at the beginning of this it's kind of what we expected auburn has not and i said this in my three-point thoughts article that i do after every game auburn is not an away team flat out They just, for whatever reason, cannot get off to a good start. The best performance beyond this was probably Georgia, and they struggled in that one, too, to hang on to the win. Whatever the reason is, this one, I thought, started how I imagined it would, and I really wasn't shocked or worried by it because I figured there was going to be a run by Auburn at some point. Did you have a moment of panic, or did you kind of expect the same thing like I did? Uh, I wouldn't call it panic, but just kind of, accepting it and becoming numb to it (laughs) um you know it's when you go through it so often as Auburn fans we are put through the ringer so very often you know the cardiac kids my heart attack caught on national tv uh, my fake heart attack in case anybody doesn't know um you know it, it happens and I I don't know if it's just a defense mechanism personally or what but I just somewhat had became numb to it last night and it's like all right what are you going to do to make make this look bad even worse auburn and it looked really bad going into halftime i thought auburn was really lucky to only be down 11 and they really kept it at nine most of the night and then something caught in the second half and to to go from getting outscored 34 to 23 in the first half to just running over Alabama 43 to 26 in the second half just shows the, the will that this team has to win. And yeah, it's, it's not been the best. Some games you'll see another one to say that this team quits. Cause I don't think they have, but you'll see they just kind of roll over a little bit more than they had in the past. And this game, 
I feel like they rolled over in the first half and something happened in that locker room at halftime to the point that they were not going to roll over whatsoever anymore the rest of this game and hopefully the rest of the season. I would argue a little bit further than that, Clint. I don't think I think the process started at halftime in the locker room trying to get a wake up call in there. So whoever said whatever they said uh, to get the process started. But I think when Bama came out and got a 13 point lead to start off the second half, I think that was the wake up call. And they asked the question finally: Are we really going to let this happen? Are we going to be the team that everyone expects us to be? The team that rolls over and gets run out of the court when they're playing away games. And they didn't. Now, here's the thing. They started off shooting poorly. They really didn't end the game shooting all that great. They did better, but not all that great. The difference for me here is what you mentioned in the scoring breakdown. 23-34 to in the first half for Auburn and Alabama in favor of Alabama. The bigger one is not that 43 points that they managed to get out of there in the second half but the 26 points that they cut Alabama down to to keep them at that 60-point mark, which has been that sweet spot for Auburn teams this last couple of seasons and this year especially. When you see an Auburn defense hold the opposing team to around 60 points, success is really high. That is what stuck out to me most last night. No, I think you're right on that. And and Auburn's defense, I, I think it was good. I don't think it was great. Um, I think Alabama's offense was poor as well, and you see that in their numbers. Kyra Lewis, the freshman from my alma mater, um, 13 points in 34 minutes. That's not like him. Uh, John Petty, also from my area of the state, 37 minutes, 8 points. This dude went off for 30 against Tennessee earlier in the year. Your, le- your leading scorer, <clears throat> besides Kyra, had 11 points, 25 minutes off the bench. Uh, Ingram, 5 points on 11 minutes. We've seen a really weird trend lately of opposing starters not getting a whole lot of minutes, and I'm really not sure why. That's I just noticed that that's really interesting. But I think what was the really big change in the second half, whether this was a coaching decision or a mentality change on the players, was we've got to quit shooting these threes. And yes, I'm <clears throat> coach Pearl said it during the week. Yes. Auburn lives and dies by the three, but so does the gold state warriors. So do the Houston Rockets. Amen. And I mean, look where they are. Yeah. <clears throat> look where golden state's been. They broke records for attempted and made three pointers in an entire season twice in the last couple of years. So <clears throat> I get the, frustration with all the three-pointers but when Auburn is able to change on that and you saw it really bad in the first half I saw Bryce just hanging around on the three-point line just waiting for something to happen instead of crashing the board helping some teammates get the rebounds whatever it was that didn't sit well with me personally but you know Auburn only shot 12 25 three-pointers that's well below the average especially only making seven 28 percent overall Auburn was fourth 12 in the second half and just kept shooting the the easier shots and drawing fouls and especially with the way the game was called the second half fouls became a premium and very important and Auburn was able to 
do that and draw those fouls. Back to your point about living and dying by the three, I really admired Coach Pearl for not backing down from those questions he's been getting about that concept and saying, yeah, that may be true, but look who is successful with it right now. The difference is, is if you're going to live and die by the three, you have to have a defense that can back it up. And Auburn did that on this night. They made an Alabama team that, granted, may not have the best offense in the world, but they got in their face. How many times did we see in the second half them squeak out a turnover or just fly in the in the passing lane and steal a ball? At the very end of the game there, too, when they Alabama had oh, a chance, beautiful. that was one of the best moments ever, you know? Just it was like taking uh, candy from the – I was going to say candy from the cookie jar, but that doesn't make sense. That's how, you know, crazy uh, that – play made me last night how how giddy i was when i saw that happen uh, the first thing that i imagined was uh intercepting a, a drag mcelroy aj mccarron pass <laughs> but that was across the street um but no i agree i i really loved that bruce supported his guys and again we talked about it last week that when bruce came in and he had a really big guy wearing number five who loved to play point guard uh my dude simeon bowers um he got a lot of criticism for shooting long balls and bruce immediately came out and said my guys have the green light all game long and to his credit he has not backed down from that and again i totally get the frustration with them i don't want to see anthony mclemore shooting four of them in a game i think he shot seven Mm-hmm. Last week, um, that's that's way too many. Bryce was two of ten from three point land. That's a lot. And again, you still had to shoot yourself out of these slumps at times. But you know, kudos to Auburn for being able to just <clears throat> say screw it. We're just going to go up <laughs> in the paint. And Auburn was able to get thirty four points in the paint to Alabama's thirty two. Auburn was able to get. 35 total rebounds to Bama's 34 and you know 12 offensive rebounds turned into eight second chance points for Auburn it also turned into fouls on Alabama um Chuma Okiki I think was again the star of the game and got 17 points and 14 rebounds I mean the dude got a double double but he blew out a double double he didn't just go 10 and 10 he went 17 and 14 and that alone is what put Auburn in position to win this game. And you know it would also put him in position to win? 79% from the free throw line. It's not my 80%. I'm surprised you're even happy about that. It's, I, but I will take it because they did a lot of things, small things in this game, to put themselves in a position to win. Because when you look at a 28 percentage from the three-point arc, that's not good for Auburn. When you see Auburn below 30%, that's going to spell trouble for them. But you look at where they took care of things in some of the small areas, whether it's free throws, whether it's winning the rebound battle, the offensive rebound battle. They won the turnover battle. They did a lot of those smaller things so that the major chunk of their game that was struggling became less and less and less of a factor. And then you've got Alabama who couldn't figure out, we are keeping them from their bread and butter. Why are they still coming at us? And you saw that big point swing there where there was, a, I think, a, a basket made, a steal, and then a three-point shot by Chumo Kiki. When that, that we didn't ha- get to see because of shoddy camera work. <laughs> when that happened, that 
place went from cloud nine to just utter despair because they knew what was coming. That was the spark that <laughs> Auburn needed. And then it was just basically Jared Harper taking over at the end of the game and doing just what he's done all season, making uh, defenders frustrated how he's able to squeak through and get a basket. Yeah, and, and I'll be the first one to admit it. I thought Jared played terribly in the first half and the first half of the second half of the game. Um, Bruce came out last night and said that he played wonderfully in one of his best games of the year. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll concede to the coach always, but, you know, Jared was really forcing shots and, uh, you know, driving to the basket, giving up his body, and then just completely whiffing on the shot. I think a couple of them should have probably been called to his credit, but I just didn't like the way that Jared played at times, but he battled pack and finished strong. And, you know, you, you remember how the free throw stats started? How? Auburn, <clears throat> Auburn didn't get a free throw until the second half. And Jared Harper goes one for three. Oh, that's right. Oh, you're giving me a headache just thinking about it, Clint. <clears throat> and then fit, Auburn finished 11-14. Harper finished 16 points and three of five from the charity strike. So, you know, that's that's what you need out of your leaders and a point guard like Jared Harper to rebound from a tough outing and be able to still carry this team. And that's exactly what he did. Yeah, and he seizes the moment when it's there, and he doesn't let it pass him by, which I think is very impressive on his part. He he is definitely the guy to take the weight of the team on his shoulders when it's needed most, either by taking a shot or, as we talked about in last episode for the last game, making other people better, putting them in a position to succeed, whether it's setting Chumo Okiki up for a three-point winning shot against Georgia or another situation. He is just a critical asset to this game, and I would argue, in some cases, the most critical asset of this team right now. So here's the other aspect of it, and I thought that is the key thing for Auburn. The fact that Auburn proved yet again that they don't have to have one player to be a successful team. The question was, with Austin Wiley went down, can they win without him? They've proven that. Bryce Brown is struggling. Can they win? They proved that tonight. That's the thing that makes me proudest tonight is that for the not the first time because we we're used to this now after last season this season Auburn is consistently proving that they will find a way to be successful. It may take them a game or two. They may struggle for a little while, but they will not lay down and they will not be defined by one type of play or one type of player to be successful. No, and, and you're totally right. That was. It, I mean, it's it's coach speak, and I think it was a Chiswick ism years ago. Uh, we had to find ways to win, but it's true. When your bread and butter isn't working, and you're a one trick pony, you're done for. And that's kind of what Auburn had been prior to this successful stream. When KT Harrell wasn't scoring 25 points a game, Auburn had no shot. <clears throat> and now, when Jared Harper isn't scoring, 20 points a game Bryce Brown has the ability to when Bryce isn't scoring 20 points a game you've got Chuma in there who's dropping 17 when Anthony McElmore isn't playing his best game in the world Horace Spencer really steps up his game and it's I mean to be honest I don't know if it's just a difference in talent from one period to another or a brotherhood that's actually done has actually seen success 
you know, it's <clears throat> regardless of what it is, this is the way Auburn basketball currently plays. And if you stop one route, they still have a couple of other ways to kill you. And, and it's, that's how you're supposed to play. That's, that's good business. That's good coaching. It's good strategy. If you live and die by one way, you're in trouble. Yeah, it's, uh, it's true in any sport. It's true in any situation. You've got to make yourself versatile to give yourself the best chance to win. Alabama didn't do that. They had one game plan, shut down Auburn's three-pointer and then play with their size. And they failed to play with their size. And at points, they shut down the three-point, but they didn't shut down other areas of Auburn offense, resulting in their loss and resulting in them going to the NIT, baby. Y'all <laughs> sit down and enjoy your nice little NIT bid while we go to the Kyle, how, how great was it when, oh gosh, I think it was when Chuma got the the free throw line late in the game and you could just see the anger and the fire on a couple of certain Bama fan faces sitting on that side of the court <laughs> and then they just walked away it was great like you know of course it's a joke but it's a joke for a reason that Alabama fans leave after halftime of this game you got your trophy that's what you're there for you saw your your lord and savior Nit Saban and and you're done yeah. to to their credit stayed a little bit longer but then as soon as the writing was on the wall they were gone yeah and you know it personally to me it says a lot to a fan base and an individual when you wait until the clock hits zero if you want to if you want to wait until that buzzer sounds and then leave by all means but leaving 20 seconds earlier is no better than leaving 20 minutes early in my mind. And that's why we encourage, and I try, uh, unless I have something that I have to be at after a game, to always stay for the <laughs> alma mater. in Orlando. Well, you know, it's, it's, uh, uh, there, there are things that are priorities in life, um, but I try <laughs> to stay for the alma mater anytime it's sung after a sporting event because that is a special moment, a special Sing bond. it more. Yes. That, that's that's my request on a rant for another day. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll leave it there. Lots of good thoughts and feelings coming out of the Alabama game, and we're going to need it going into the next game, the last game of the season, the one that we had marked on our calendar when we started talking about this back in preseason, even back in the summer when we just did schedule previews and things like that. The Tennessee game for Auburn and the Volunteers here in Auburn Arena this Saturday at a not-so-favorable time, 12 p.m. Eastern time, um, but 11 Auburn time. And that is, well, we gotta, you got to not wake up early, but you got to come ready, get your, you know, Friday night, whatever you had business you were doing Friday night out of your system, and come and show up and be loud and proud. I know spring break is about to start. They were pitching it today on the baseball broadcast, please, students, stay. We need you for this Tennessee game, and I hope that they do because we have a chance here. Yes, it's not the matchup we thought we would be seeing where it's Auburn and Tennessee vying for the SEC championship title. That's not in the cards here for Auburn at all. It is for Tennessee, so we can play spoiler, but not for Auburn. But this is about respect, and this is about showing Tennessee that they're not all as cracked up as they think that they are. And well, so, and it's... And it's more than that too. Auburn is playing for a double buy for a four seed, and 
uh, I think as it stands now, now that Florida has lost, Auburn can't fall beyond a seventh seed, I think, which still puts us in a day one bye. Um, the double bye would be amazing for for this team. You could argue that probably playing a quote-unquote lesser talent team in an away arena would probably fill fuel this team a little bit better than not. But I think that rest and time off their leads is a big bonus. So hopefully Auburn is still able to secure that four seed. May, probably going to need some help if this game doesn't go our way. But, you know, please, the, um, this is where I really wish the university would kind of think things through a little bit more. On-campus students have to be out of their dorms by 9 a.m., I think. <clears throat> Granted, the game is at 11 Central, so, you know, sitting in your car, packing, parking at the arena, and, and doing anything else on campus for two hours is not that big a deal. So, you know, and you can still get to your condo and check in at the beach in time after the game. The beach isn't going anywhere. It'll still be there. So please, students, come out to this game. Come support these guys. I went to senior days with the arena empty. Go back and look at, you know, 2010, 2011, 2012. And if you look at those photos, there's literally nobody in the stands. To me, that's a huge slap in the face to a group of students and seniors who have put everything on the line. They deserve all the support in the world. They brought you that championship last year. The least you can do is show up and stay a couple of hours later and and still enjoy your spring break to the fullest. Well, you know, y'all called me dad throughout the entirety of our Orlando trip. I think you're dad now with the <laughs> scolding the students here for even thinking about not being there. But regardless. What's, what's more important, Kyle? You know, I mean, for me, it's everybody's different, but for me, it would be being at the Auburn-Tennessee game, especially okay. Senior Day. And that is how everything should be for every single person. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to let you take that up with everybody else <laughs> in the world, see how well that fares for you. However, let me give you this. Tennessee comes in ranks 27, uh, ranked, excuse me, their record is 27-3 and three on the year, 15-2 and two in the SEC, with losses to Kentucky and LSU. Nearly one to, well, they, they kind of had a couple of, scares here throughout the season, but those are their two losses. Let me give you two names. Admiral Schofield and Grant Williams. Which of those scares you more, those names or that record? Uh, the names, absolutely. Um, these two guys are just the top of this league. and They've played so well all year long. Grant Williams is averaging 19.1 game points a game. Admiral Schofield, which is an amazing name to begin with, I know. Um, has 16.4 points a game. These guys shoot the ball well. Uh, Grant Williams is a 57% from the field shooter, 83% free throw shooter, and uh, Admiral Schofield is a 40% three-point shooter. So mm. fully expect this to be a pretty high-scoring game. Um but, you know, at, at some point you have to sit back and just enjoy the talent that you're watching. And I hope it doesn't turn into that. But don't 
don't take these two guys for granted whatsoever. No, you cannot. At some point, you're going to have to realize that you will not be able to shut down both of them completely. Your only hope is that you can keep them both in check to some degree, meaning below their point totals. And really, I think if you can shut one of them down completely, it will force the other to have to do the, the load of the work there, and it could work in Auburn's favor. But we'll find out um, when we go and watch this Saturday. And I will you won't be there, but I will be in the stands, not in the student section since I'm not a student, but I will be in the stands there. Hey, you can the get Tigers. down there if you want to pay 45 bucks. That's, that's true, but I have tickets um, taken care of for me, and I will be there celebrating. And I want to pitch this out to anyone listening. Uh, we try to do meetups every once in a while. I am proposing this. I'm going to be at the Chick-fil-A there on Magnolia uh, at about 9 a.m. that morning in Alabama time. So if anybody wants to come by, I'll be uh, sitting probably in the back. If the weather's nice, I'll be sitting outside. Come on by and say hello. We'll do kind of an impromptu podcast meetup. would love to meet some people. And let's get this team started off the postseason in a right way, or I guess right before the postseason starts. Let's finish out the season with a win over Tennessee. Before we get out of here, Clint, let's give our contact information. They can find me on Twitter at TigerEye24. Where can they find you? You can follow me on Twitter at ClintAU24, and you can check out my website, the Auburn Uniform Database at AuburnUniforms.com. That's all for this edition of Inside the Jungle, but until we talk to you again, War Eagle and Roll Tears Roll. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?